your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. A lot going on. Holy Monday. <laughs> 608 is the talk and text line. The city's holding a meeting right now. I think they're doing a public session, public hearing, uh, maybe getting public comment. Uh, essentially getting the Maple Grove deal out of here. And it sounds like the inspection didn't pass, or that's what they want us to think. 608-785-7914. What is the Maple, the Maple deal? Uh, the Maple Grove Motel, south side of La Crosse. The city wanted to purchase that. I think they approved $1.5 million to purchase it and renovate it uh, to create a avenue for getting homeless people homes. And it would be a bridge housing deal, or they would create bridge housing there. Not a lot of groups happy with it. Uh, Salvation Army, one of those groups. Salvation Army will be on the show on Wednesday. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, maybe maybe what they, maybe what their plan is. So Salvation Army sent a letter out last week just saying, hey, everything the city's doing with the homeless, but <laughs> And... The, the only thing I, the only issue I had with that was, okay, what do we do? Like, but that's that's a longer conversation. And there was some stuff in there that the Salvation Army put, but I, I think you know some real options. Okay, we don't like the having uh, homeless people congregate at Huska Park. Okay, and then then what do, do what do we do? What do we just let them roam? Uh, it, it didn't work at Cameron Park because that was right in downtown, and it's, Cameron Park's a little more popular, I think. Uh, and they were getting ticketed, so we did the Huska Park deal last summer where we the police didn't ticket homeless people for being in the park after hours, which kind of turned, turned our heads, so to speak, because ticketing homeless people isn't productive. That's not going to work. So, um, And they had some some advice i guess to put it or some plan but uh, we'll have them in on wednesday to talk more specifically about that stuff uh but the city is holding a special meeting right now the finance and personnel committee is doing that right now and then after that the city council will hold a meeting they were scheduled for five o'clock and five ten. so it didn't sound like we'll see if they if they end at you know what five twenty. if they're the first one's 10 minutes will the second one be 10 minutes also on wisdomnews.com, I should say, I should say, hey, what are we going to talk about today? Because it's not going to be homeless. Not going to do it. This is maybe it's not going to be homeless right, right away after this. Uh, Clark Draxler, he's the clinical manager for Gunderson Health System in La Crosse. He's going to join us and talk about a Senate bill, assembly bill. Wisconsin legislature passed this bill called AB 960. And, and essentially, it makes it a felony to commit or threaten violence against a healthcare worker or their family. So we've upped the penalties, I guess. I, I don't know. Is it a felony to commit threatened violence against anybody? <laughs> What's the difference? Um, but he's going to talk. He's going to come on and talk about whether or not they agree with that. He's going to. I think he has some stories to tell. Uh, right away, I'm thinking like COVID happened and. People are crazy, and they go to go to the hospital and uh, create all kinds of, you know, have their conspiracy theories and whatnot. But uh, 
we'll get to that. We'll ask Clark about that in in the upcoming segment. Number three, real quick, what you got? Well, I got an idea for the homeless people on the south end of Huska Park, south of the boat docks down there. There's a field in there, a couple football fields, owned by the city. Put up some little tiny houses down there, and we got bathrooms and showers at the boat dock. Four hundred thousand okay. dollars worth. Yeah. Okay. I don't utilize them. Are you at the public meeting right now? You could literally oh, you be know telling darn well they wouldn't listen to me. Well, well, I mean, you keep saying that, but. I mean, if your idea is heard by the rest of the council or people also at the meeting, maybe they go, oh, you know what? That is a good idea. What are those football fields used for? Well, there's no football fields down there. It's just a bunch of land that has been filled in. Okay, well, I'm just going by so the report. The size of a football field is what I'm getting at. So oh, the size of a football field. All the tents and all the little tiny houses south end of the boat docks, nobody would bother them. We wouldn't bother them. They wouldn't bother us. All right. Well, the pro the all city property. Okay, I gotta I gotta let you go. I just um, the the there's there is this issue that we actually do want to not bother them, but we do want to help them. So putting casting them off into the corner somewhere where the, a it's hard for them to get to resources, and b it's hard for resources to get to them is not the the answer. So I'm I'm not saying that's the place that is isn't or isn't is a good place, but uh, the we don't want to bother them. They don't want to bother us. Isn't eggs actually how uh, that's supposed to work? Unless they just want to, you know, not be bothered. But they don't have a house to live in. So it's, you know, when I when I want to go home for the weekend and not think about work for a while, I turn my phone off and nobody bothers me. But uh, harder to do when I'm just living out in a field with a bunch of other people. All right, I gotta get. I gotta take a break. Clark Draxler with Gunderson is going to come on and. Tell us about this story. Uh, tell us about this legislation that's going to make it a felony to commit or threaten violence against healthcare workers. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line for now. If you want to shoot me a text, feel free. I've got Clark Draxler on right now. Originally, Clark, I thought your name was Clyde, and I thought maybe your parents were big NBA fans because Clyde Draxler is a... Clyde Drexler is like a Hall of Famer, but nope, don't, never mind. You, and I don't think you're an NBA fan, so you had no idea what I was talking about before the show. Um, but you're the clinical manager for Gunnarsson Health System here in La Crosse. Uh, you want to talk about this uh, legislation that passed, and, and, and it sounds to me like Governor Evers is going to sign it. I don't know what takes so long when it comes to you know signing some of these things. Maybe he wants to do it at a fancy place, or maybe he wants to do them all at once, but um, before we get into that, the legislation essentially making it a felony to commit or threaten violence against healthcare workers or their families sounds sounds pretty reasonable. Uh, you've been doing you've been doing uh, working in the healthcare field for 12, 13 years. You're the clinical manager at Gunderson. What is a clinical manager? Sure, Rick. Thanks for asking. A uh, clinical manager. I supervise uh, two inpatient nursing units. Um, I'm a nurse by trade, and right now I oversee. Uh, Two floors at Gunderson um, in the hospital side. All right. So when did you, I don't know, when do you start paying attention to the Wisconsin State Legislature and, the, and this bill that is going to essentially hopefully keep people from threatening you, which sounds crazy. You're going to have to tell me some stories. But when did you start, maybe you guys at the hospital start paying attention to this? 
Um, so looking back, um, probably seven, eight years, um, a fairly new nurse at Gunderson, it kind of sparked my interest. And, um, as a new clinical manager, five, four years ago, we had a uh, pretty bad case at Gunderson and, um, Back in 2020, um, the state legislature uh, pushed the first bill through, making it a felony to physically injure a nurse or other licensed health care providers. Um, and then in 22 now, um, expanding on that and extending the coverage to all health care workers, along with not just physical violence, but any verbal threat of harm. Yeah, and your families, too. Like, have you, it seems a little. A little crazy, like somebody is going to be mad at you in the hospital and then somehow get to your family and threaten them. That just seems, I mean, I say it seems crazy. What are you, what do you say? Um, I would say it's not unheard of. Uh, I can think of cases recently where we had patients threatening to uh, post nurses' names online. So his friends outside the hospital um, would be able to access their names and know who they were and what they did and where they're from. All right. So the first thing I think of is we've gone through a pandemic for two years. Healthcare workers are stressed the F out. And, um, you know, just just the idea that there aren't enough of you and therefore you're working more hours uh, and it gets stressful. And then you have to deal with people that don't think I'll put this very broadly. Don't think COVID is real. But you're you're referencing stuff from years ago, so this is something that probably maybe COVID boosted, but something that's always happened, and and maybe this legislation is finally coming. Uh, I would definitely agree with that. I think COVID's highlighted it over the past two years. Um, when you look back at some of the literature that's been published, there is a two thirds increase in violence towards healthcare workers in the decade preceding the pandemic. All right. So what what is it? What are you guys doing to piss people off where they're threatening you? What are, what is the deal? I don't understand. I I uh, I don't go to the doctor a lot, but usually when I do, I'm like, okay, thank you for your help. I don't know what the f is wrong with me, and uh, I I want you to figure it out. I don't know why I would get mad at you for a thing. Um, I would say you are you know the majority of the population, and we really want to be out there to help our patients and we're just the legislation is helping us um, care for everyone by um, not allowing us to have to invest all the time and energy into caring for the patients that are unruly. Sometimes patients are mad uh, because of their accommodations or unhappy with a diagnosis or um, you name it. I, I guess if you have to tell somebody some really bad news, they, the first person they're going to take it out on is you because you're telling them. Is that how that goes a lot of the time? Um, you know, we spend a lot of time uh, training our staff in general how to um, share that news and um, how we communicate with families. A lot of the backlash that we're seeing is not when we have to just tell the bad news. It is... Uh, maybe somebody that's unhappy with the type of food they're getting, the type of bathroom they might have, you name it. Um, and that's really where the bill targets. It's not uh, just about the patients that found out a life-changing diagnosis. It's about somebody that's just generally rude to the healthcare worker. All right. Yeah, maybe they're, maybe something else is going on, and then they end up using the TV doesn't work as an excuse, and then they maybe that festers into... Uh, whatever, whatever is happening personally, and then they end up taking it out on you for whatever reason. 
Right. Uh, the TV is a good example. You know, you asked for stories. One of the stories was about a patient that uh, took the nurse's duress button and threw it so hard at the TV it actually cracked the TV screen. Yeah. Okay. What? But why? What? What? <laughs> What is what is that? I don't understand. Like what what is it that makes them so makes somebody a, a patient so mad that that's going on? I just it seems a little you out know, there. That's hard to say, and we spend a lot of time uh, trying to care for the patient holistically, um, from mental health to physical health. The other interesting thing: why this is such a big deal in healthcare versus at your local establishment or retail stores. We can't kick someone out because they're just being rude. Okay. Yeah. That was my next question is, um, yeah, I have a lot of friends in retail and I'm like, well, what makes you guys so special? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm kidding per se, but, um, th- 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 this is something I talked about last week was just the idea of who had it worse people in retail or people in healthcare having to deal with, you know, Hey, could you please put your mask on? Could you, you know, like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave, but okay. That that's a good example. You can't ask somebody to leave. So um, ethically and legally, we're held to different standards where if we have a patient that's sick and is needing to be in the hospital for any number of reasons, um, we can't kick them out. So if they show up to the emergency room, um, legally and ethically, we're held to see their care through from start until they are ready to go home and safe. All right. And you also don't have a baseball bat aisle where you could just be like, hmm no, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're speaking with Clark Draxler. He's a clinical manager at Gunnarsson Health System in La Crosse. The legislation, I guess it's called AB 960. It's a terrible name for it, um, but it's very the technical name, I suppose. They don't have a cool acronym for it, Clark? Not yet. No, no not yet. And Governor Evers should sign this. Uh, I don't. I, I want to say soon, but I have no idea because everyone, you said, you told me, I think uh, everyone but one person signed this? Correct. It got all yeses and one nay vote. You, uh, the Senate and the Assembly. When you see that, do you go searching for the one nay vote to make sure it's not your legislator? Uh, no, I just celebrated that we have a lot of support on the Hill, and people really want to show the support in the community and um, to all the healthcare workers. Now, do you think this helps because it's going to boost the penalties for somebody that threatens or commits violence towards a healthcare worker or your family's? Sometimes I feel like this somebody needs to be made an example of, and then it has to get out there. I don't, I don't know. Like, who is going to know if they're mad at you in the in the hospital? Are they going to be like, you know, I heard about that bill that's going to like nobody's going to hear about this. You know what I mean? So it would have to really. You almost have to post signs. Hey, by the way, if you threaten us, you're going to be charged with a felony. I have no idea how you would how you would get that across to people before they, uh, you know, become unruly. Sure. Uh, so part of that is. Um, looking to post signs at the entrance to healthcare facilities. And there was a great example of a uh, facility that did that down in Milwaukee that posted that it's a zero tolerance um, hospital where they don't tolerate any type of threats towards workers. Right. And now almost uh, that if somebody comes in already huffing and puffing, I almost think that might trigger them. But you, you say that this is uh you, you were telling me before the show, this isn't really a COVID thing either. Um, do you have any other examples? Like you said, you threw, somebody threw the nurse's call button and cracked a TV. Uh, what else, what other kind of things are, are nurses dealing with and doctors dealing with? Or is it more nurses? Do the do the nurses get all the, the flack from what the doctors tell them? Um, I think it's everyone that's working in the hospital. Um, recently in one of the stories here, um, it, 
the nurse might deal with a lot of the flack, but um, you know, people hear about the patients, and um, sometimes we have staff that are too scared to go in the room, and um, some people are young. We talked about the dietary aide down at the state or the janitor who um, doesn't know a whole lot about the patient but has seen or heard these interactions. Um, and it's also about the safety of the patients next door to them or down the hall and the families that come to visit. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so a, a little bit of comedy here. How close to uh, how close to representing the hospital is this show Scrubs? Because that show I used to watch religiously. Is that a show you watch? Um, yeah, I've I've seen that show before. It's definitely a comedy. I don't know how much it really represents the hospital. Well, they do have a janitor in there who seems to be like the enforcer. I feel like maybe if you guys, but you guys have people in there that are kind of like overseers of of security, right? Yes, we do have um, a security department, and they are there to help us. But we do have janitors that are walking the hall, and they go into all the patients' rooms to uh, make sure everyone's in a clean space. Um, and and the idea that you have a uh, what did you call it? You 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 don't you're unable to kick people out. What did you call it? Zero? No, not zero tolerance. What did you call that again? Um, so it's our legal responsibility. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of MTOLA. It's the Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes to the ER, um, we have to care for them until they're essentially whole or able to go back into the community and function. But there is a point here where they're unruly and you either A, call security or B, call the police, right? Um, we do call security and the police, and sometimes they're there at the bedside while we uh, provide care, but it doesn't mean that we can send them to prison if they're too sick to be in the hospital. Yeah, because obviously uh, even sometimes when the police have to arrest somebody, they have to go uh, get care before that. So this is another one of those avenues where you're dealing with somebody that's in a state of mind or a position in their life where uh, you have to help them, but also they they probably don't want to be uh, where they're at or, or where they're going if they're going to jail after that. Um yeah, when when this thing does pass, I don't know. Is there uh, is there going to be a celebration? It just seems like a weird thing to celebrate too. But um, maybe a sense of relief that okay, this hopefully, I don't know. Is this something that you guys worry about when you come to work every day? Like, wow, I hope I don't really have to deal with so and so, or uh, I hope today is kind of an easier day when it comes to patients uh, like that. I definitely think that's out there. Um, I've been involved in a number of safety huddles. Uh, post some of these and uh, everyone walks away from trauma differently and you've probably seen that in your own life and everyone on the radio has seen how trauma affects everyone differently where it has definitely impacted some of our staff's lives to the point of looking for different careers or different ways to function um, and impacting how they interact with their families at home. Yeah, just, you know, there's there seems to be a lot of things that, you know, it snowballs, right? The the worker, you guys have a worker shortage at, at times, if not now. Um, the, the amount of work is, is heightened at times. I think, uh, hopefully, I think it's died down, but there's there's been a couple of different times where COVID has brought a lot of patients to you. Um, because when you guys come to work, when, when nurses, doctors, healthcare workers come to work, they should be stressed out a little bit and to, you know what, I have these patients I have to care for. They're, they're, you know, in, they're in the hospital for a reason. But you shouldn't be stressed out about, I, have, I, I am afraid of, you know, patients that come in and are going to be unruly against me because of, you know, for whatever reason. Agreed. I, w- I, I would totally agree with that statement where um, we want everyone to come to work and be able to perform well and do a good job. And I 
have said, you know, we train people how to deal with stressful situations, how to deal with patients that are uh, not doing well. Uh, those, it's easier to walk away from one of those than a patient that's made a threat against you, and maybe you have to call security to walk you to your car after your shift. Yeah, that doesn't seem great. Um, again, too, with, with this legislation hopefully passing, hopefully Governor Evers signs it, uh, do, do you see do you see this kind of dying down a little bit, or do you think that it's going to have to be made known that hey, it's not a misdemeanor anymore for threatening or committing violence to a healthcare worker? It's a felony. Just in in my head, I don't think that's common knowledge. So, there's do you guys expect to post signs or anything like that? Um, I think that's definitely one avenue we can do. I would hope to post some signage. Um, it's part of the patient's responsibility, um, and then two part of this is just sharing this with the press and sharing it with the public about how important this is. Yeah. CBS News special. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, and, and that's the whole point of having you on. All right. Before I let you go, any other just examples of, you know, this is why we need this legislation. This is, this is something that you personally, or you, you've, you, you know, you, one of your, uh, people you oversee has had to deal with. Um, I'll, I got two items to end this broadcast with. Um, the most recent one is I was called to the unit and a patient was upset uh, that the bathroom doors didn't lock and had threatened to punch me, um, followed by a punching motion. Uh, but then the other piece of that is, just to make it clear, it's for the people that have capacity and intent. So if we have someone with severe dementia that comes in and we have those patients all the time at the hospital, this isn't to penalize someone that does not have decision-making capacity. Yeah, you definitely can kind of distinguish uh, maybe who's being unruly and who's uh, maybe mentally not quite there that they don't exactly know how to to handle a situation. Correct. Uh, but why why aren't the bathroom doors locking there? What is the deal? Uh, well, it's because <laughs> Safety, you can't right? uh, barricade yourself in a room. Yeah, I get it. I'm. Just... <laughs> I got it. All right, man. I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, hopefully, this uh, Governor Evers signs this soon. Any? Do you guys anticipate this being signed pretty soon? Do you? Any word? Are you asking anyone? Um, I hope that uh, Governor Evers comes through on it. I think it's a pretty strong sign with everyone on the Hill signing this, and um, definitely appreciate the support by everyone down in Madison, except that one person. Right? We need to find that one person and ask him what what's going on. <laughs> All right, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Clark. Appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. All right, that was Clark Draxler. He's the clinical manager for Gunnerson Health System in La Crosse. Been doing that for over a decade. I think uh, I think eight years in the in La Crosse. And then before that, Eau Claire, he told me. We'll be back. Brad's gotta do the news. Scott's comment before. For Wisdom News. For Wisdom News. Brad, Brad Williams in the studio. We got to do kind of a live update news today because the city. Uh, the city council is actually meeting as we speak. Yeah, they're in quote unquote closed. Closed. Set. Well, it's not quote unquote. They actually are in closed session. Well, you always do the quotes when you do other stuff. I'm going to yell at you for that. <laughs> so one of these days, I keep forgetting. All um, right. So this is a special meeting there. They're having to talk about the purchase of the Mabel Grove Motel. So the Finance and Personnel Committee already met. And- already met and moved it on to the full council with no recommendation. Oh. They're, so they're going to let the entire council, instead of... How long did they meet? As long as they want to. No, how long did they meet? The uh, oh, oh, the cl- finance was about 15 minutes. Oh, they met for 15 minutes? and then Yes, and they- there were about three or four speakers, uh, including a couple of uh, 
couple of people who said they are homeless or have been homeless, and uh, they say Huska Park has not been working out and uh, going to, let's say, a place like Catholic Charities, and then they have to leave in the morning, and, well, what do they do? They'll go to the parking ramp, or they'll go to wait to go to the library, and, and those things don't work out either, and they want a more permanent solution. And uh, there actually was uh, some talk in support of having this, but there was also uh, also a neighboring uh, business, uh, Pellinger Incorporated, uh, saying uh, this would not be a good place for a homeless facility. So that's what they have to decide. This was the, this is the get off my lawn mentality again, a little bit, <laughs> a, a little bit of that. But, you know, and it makes but this sense. was like, this is uh, this came out of Friday was when this uh, meeting for today was, was declared. This was definitely a Friday news dump because we were doing the show and it came out right after the show, I believe. It, it came out late in the afternoon. Yeah. So, uh. Uh, and, and that they were going to have this special meeting today to uh, reverse the, the decision that was made last month to buy the motel for a million and a half dollars. And did, did, we, did we talk about the, that we were backing out of that deal? Did they talk about Because the, of an inspection. It was the inspection. Yeah, it was the, the inspection uh, that it did now, not uh, measure up to the standards that they would like. Now, so can I use quotes there? The inspection? You could say <laughs> I think there was an actual inspection, and you don't have to use quotes Yeah, on there that was one. an inspection. And then but, whether or not the inspection proved that this wouldn't be a good facility for us to buy to use but, as bridge housing for the homeless, who knows? And there because, was also one speaker saying, well, we need to do something but you got to get the approval of the taxpayers first. Uh, this uh, gentleman said, we do not want it slammed down our throat, and the, uh, the audience applauded at that, the audience at the Southside Neighborhood Center. Yeah, there's a, there's a very real, like, I can point to this thing, this entity, the Maple Grove Motel, and I can point to exactly how much money we've been spending on the homeless over the the course of the winter and now the motel or hotel, however you want to call it, right? because there is a motel and a hotel deal. Um, A lot of other things in the city don't have like this, this monetary, is that money? Yes. This monetary thing that's always, there's been several hundred thousand dollars spent on having people go to the Econo Lodge over the winter. Yeah, seven hundred thousand, and then they re. And that, for that's going month. to be to the end of April at this point. Yes. Yeah. So another two was it two hundred uh, one another two hundred eighty thousand. Hundred eighty thousand. So we're at like eight seven eight hundred close to a million dollars. Yes. Close to a million, and then another million and a half. So it's very easy to just go look. We spent uh, you know almost two million, or we're planning on spending a little over two million dollars for the for the homeless issue. About a hundred. 50, 100, 150 people, depending on, right. um, you know, like I feel like that the, if they count it again, it might be more. It, it tends to be between 100 and 150 people. Yeah, so 100, 100 uh, 200, no, $2 150 people. We could just cut them all checks. We could just cut them checks. We could. Uh, but, it's, but that's the thing. I think that's one of the issues. It's like we can see how much money at every one of these meetings, because a lot of other stuff that we report on, the lacrosse center is another example, right? Forty-two yes. million dollars. You can always just go forty-two million dollars and try to justify it. It's really hard to justify. Well, it, but over the course of time with the lacrosse center, they're saying, "Well, look how many meetings and and t- tourists and visitors this is going to bring in." So that was a reason they did that. They want to keep the uh, meetings coming to the lacrosse center, right? And over the course of time, we can say these people 
will hopefully be housed, but that won't benefit me at all. So then we don't care about them. Uh, but I'm not asking your opinion. Well, that's right. But um, uh, at this point, uh, the, the, as of a couple of minutes ago, they were still in closed session and had not taken a vote yet. So how do you think the closed session is going? Uh, well, they they need to uh, basically ask questions legally about what they can do. Can they reverse what they had had done, will they figure out something else? So I think that's it's basically the, the technical and the economic questions that they're dealing with in the closed session. All right. So they're all right. Well, I'll, I'll blow hard without you because you got to go cover. You got to go. Uh, if if we're lucky, we'll we'll have something before you six o'clock. Yeah, just jump back in here, Brad. If yeah. something happens, otherwise, check out wisdomnews.com. Thanks a lot, Brad. Um, yeah. So the homeless situation it looks like the city's trying to back out of the Maple Grove deal. Whether or not they can legally do that, maybe that's what they're talking about in the city council meetings closed session right now. Hard to say. Uh, but a couple of people calling in. I think Greg's been waiting. Hold up, Greg. All right, Greg, you, you've been waiting. Thanks a lot. Go ahead. You're on. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, I have a short statement and a quick question. Is that all right? Yeah, fine. Cool. Cool. Hey, I just like to. I, I'm just really thankful for, for Dr. Heimlich. Uh, four times in my life, I've had to ask a number of citizens in the area to apply his Heimlich maneuver to me to help clear my airway passage, and I've been very thankful that a lot of people have been trained about that. The first time it happened, it was caused by beef. The second time it happened, it was caused by bacon. The third time it happened, it was caused by veal. And the fourth time, that was quite a humdinger. That one was caused by Hubba Bubba brand bubblegum. So knowing that, I had to properly change my diet to an all-soup diet, actually an all-soup broth diet. So so I have a question. Does anybody out in your audience have uh, any line on some good discount beef broth a guy like me can find? Because, you know, like, like they say, it's not what you make, it's what you save. Okay, that's um, just, all right. Uh, we'll go to Dan. Dan, you want to follow that? <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, try chewing your food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a very unproductive phone call. I, 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 I really wish uh, the call screener in here, which was me during the, during the uh, Scott's comment, was better at his job. Anyway, go ahead, Dan. What do you got? Well, you guys were touching on this uh, Maple Grove Hotel thing down there, and I noticed you were quick to throw out a business name, and you made the comment something like, not my front yard or backyard or whatever. Yeah, I, I um, said, uh, you know, I, I kind of understand. They, the, the, when you change the business model of your neighbor, you, de- you definitely don't want, it, don't, don't want that to change because it's going to affect your business. Uh, but we've seen this all over the, the city. So, I mean, there's really not a good spot. That I don't think. Yeah, but what I was getting at is, it okay to throw out a business when there's when they're a solid, excellent track record in the city of Lacrosse, tax-paying business, and you kind of throw it out there to kind of single them out. The business. On the other hand, now let me finish, please. The business literally was part of rumors that there was somebody uh, associated with the city that came up with this deal in the first place. But nobody throws that name around like you do good tax-paying businesses. The business was and part I'd of like the. To know that answer. The business was part of the public meeting that just happened. They were in on the public meeting. Everyone can see that. We're reporting that, and also the person that owns or his family owns the motel is in the Wisdom News stories that are online. So, uh, who is it? Just say the name. I'm not online. I'm on my phone. Okay, but I don't know who owns the business that complained about the the 
situation. Who owns that business? Do you want to say their name? Who owns which business? Maple Grove? That's not, no, that's the what business. I'm trying to find out who the city person is. Yeah, but what about the business that was in on the public meeting today? Do you want to say that owner's name? Yeah, you, you already mentioned there. You already mentioned the company. Uh, but I didn't say the you owner's name. I don't have the owner's name. It, you said the company. I didn't. I don't have the owner's name either. I don't have the company. Yeah, Maple Grove Motel. That's a company too. You get the point, Rick. Yeah, and we haven't said anybody's name. We haven't said the owner okay. of that company's name. We haven't said the owner the the per, the owner of the Maple Grove Motel's name either. So, um, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to throw names out there. I mean, if you want to go dig it up, that's fine. I don't know. I don't know what what that accomplishes. Good. We know the guy's name that works for the city that owns the motel. We already know that. Do we really need to know that person's name? What? Are we going to go Are you going to go hunt them down? Do we need to make felonies for people that threaten city workers too? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Uh, the 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 company that's next door to the Maple Grove Motel, of course they don't want bridge housing and a, a new business model next to their their company. That's obvious. Uh, it, it's we we see that all over the city. This the people that live near Riverside Park that don't want the fish hatchery building converted into some sort of events center where weddings might happen or wedding ceremonies or wedding parties might happen because they don't want. The build, the business model to change. It was a it was the city's building, and now they're going to make it an event center, and it's going to be a little bit louder there. And they live, you know, a block or two down next to a park. So that's a terrible example, but uh, because I don't know what kind of uh, argument they're holding there. But um, there was another a part. There was a there's an open lot, a vacant lot next to the YMCA. The owner of that lot wanted to put in an apartment complex. The neighbors next to that apartment complex in that neighborhood, I believe the Washburn neighborhood, said, no, we don't want an apartment complex in our neighborhood. We'd rather have it single-family housing because then just one family lives there instead of multiple families. Uh, should we name the names of all those people that live there, too, that that call out that plan? No, we're not doing that, but we could say generally this the the neighbors there don't want that the neighbor next to the maple grove motel doesn't want that uh, we see it all over the city it, just, it, it makes perfect sense but then you can't put anything anywhere we'll be back all right welcome back to the crosstalk pm 608-785-7914 is the talking text line Brought in Clark Draxler. He's the clinical manager at Gunderson Health System in La Crosse. We talked at the top of the hour just about uh, some of the things that uh, healthcare workers are going through and this new legislation that's looks like it will eventually be signed by Governor Tony Evers if all the legislators signed it, which is kind of a miracle. All but one. I, I haven't found the one yet. Honestly, like when you're when these things pass, whether it's the state, the assembly, the U.S. Senate, the U.S. House. It is really difficult to go hunt down who voted for what because the uh, the Senate passed last week, uh, I think, $1.5 trillion legislation. And you can go and hunt down your, your senators and look for their statements on their websites or maybe their social media. Sometimes it's not obvious whether or not they said yes or no to the legislation. Um, but there is never a list. And that's one of the – it's just kind of annoying because the, the government websites, the – the gov legislation sites don't make it very obvious uh, where you can just go, oh, yeah, y'all voted yes and y'all voted no. Like, there's not a great website for that. And so, you know, hunting down this one person that voted against uh, making it a felony to commit or threaten violence against healthcare workers, 
it probably won't be as easy as I think it will be. Uh, no, I don't think it'll be easy at all, but hopefully it will. Uh, be kind of curious to, to know who the one person is. Anyway, we're talking about the Maple Grove Motel deal, the city council. Well, Brad hasn't busted back in here, so the city council is probably still in closed session discussing whether or not, I'm guessing from what Brad was saying, whether or not, or maybe discussing the legalities of backing out of that deal. Can they back out of the deal? Maybe the inspection didn't go the way it should, and that will allow them to back out of the deal. Or maybe they're using the inspection as an excuse to try and back out of the deal because they don't, you know, maybe they had second thoughts on it. I don't know. Uh, we'll see in a couple, hopefully a couple of minutes, maybe by the end of the show. If not, check wisdomnews.com. Uh, Kent's calling in. Kent, how, how's it going? What you got? Hey, Bob, just talking about, I know you were talking about the homeless situation, and, you know, I think getting all the homeless coordinators together in one room, uh, they have them through things. And I mentioned to Mayor Mitch last week, the Barry J. Olson Center on my north side here, since I'm the mayor, um, is going to be closed down. We've had senior citizens in there for over 20 years. They go in there every day. They make lunch. There's a big Are you talking about the, the, na- the Southside Neighborhood a, Center? It's a beautiful building. Do you know, you, you know, literally asked the mayor about this, and he told you that the building is pretty out of sorts he, and needs a lot of remodeling. This repairs his comment. Yeah, and it doesn't allow, it doesn't allow some for... of the homeless people when they come in there, you know, let's have them work on it. They can fix it up. All right, but it doesn't have it doesn't it doesn't have it doesn't have enough room for bridge housing. Uh, There's plenty of room for 150 people in there, Rick, and I I know the mayor. 150 rooms, 150 individual rooms. All right, man. Like we're not just you're not talking to me. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Okay, so the mayor already said that the the Southside Neighborhood Center is not a good place to build a homeless. The, the, the building itself would be used as an administrative center. They would build bridge housing uh, alongside that. And the Maple Grove Motel pres- provided a little bit of, like, here's the, a little bit of a setup for bridge housing, but we're going to have to convert all these rooms. Um, but now it sounds like they're they're not. They're not going to do that. Eric Fisbart is calling. Eric, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to wonder not. What city council members or city government member has a financial interest in Maple Grove Hotel? They're all, all of a sudden they say, well, it's not good enough now, but who is the one in the city council or that anybody in the government has a financial interest in Maple Grove Hotel? Thank you very much, Rick. I appreciate it. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that's that was one of the issues and maybe why the city is backing out because the uh, Maple Grove Motel is owned by the family of a city worker. I mean, that could be the issue, and now they want to back out of the deal. Or the or the inspection didn't go as planned, and the three hundred or $200,000 that they – they they said they would use if they're buying it for one and a half million. I think one point two million was to buy the hotel, and uh, the other the rest of it to the one point five what three hundred thousand dollars was going to be to remodel it. And once they got the inspection, maybe they went, oh, it's going to be way more than three hundred thousand to remodel it. It could be that too. I, I don't know, and that's probably why they're in closed session and not open session. Dave's calling in. David's calling in. David, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, hi, uh, Rick. Great show today. I'm just calling to respond to an earlier caller. I got the uh, uh, the sense that he was trying to back into a corner, and you came out really, really professional. I like the way you uh, you went ahead and made use logic and a good analogy uh on, on your rebuttal to him and i'm just going to say you're doing a great job and thank you okay thanks uh that's my friend david just call, i just told him to call and tell him 
tell tell the audience that so that I pat myself on the back. No, I'm just kidding. I appreciate it, Dave. Number three is calling back. Number three, go ahead. That was a nice call to take. I know. Just it? well, you know, when I I set those calls up every once in a while, just so that it sounds like I have people out there that that like me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's the one that always gets me. It costs an average of $25,000 to take care of the average homeless person in the city of La Crosse. There was a big article in the Tribune on it about a year or so ago. By the time room and board, medical expenses, and everything else, each one of those people costs the city taxpayers $25,000. So you take twenty five thousand four times, you got a hundred thousand right there. You can see how quick the money goes, Rick. Yeah. What do you so, think of my idea? Instead of uh, the Econolodge deal and the Maple Grove deal, we just took that money and, and distributed it to the what one hundred twenty five people. Well, if each one got twenty five thousand dollars a year, that's more than I'm making right now. Well, it wouldn't be a year, but it'd just be a one-time deal to get back on your feet. Well, the feet. trouble is they're, they're here for more than six months. They, they should only be here like a few months and gone, but they're just milking the system. So They're here every year. All right, you always do that. There's always uh, – okay, the, the homeless people that are living in tents out at Huska Park, milking the system to live the good life of uh, you know living outside in Huska Park with a bunch of other homeless people is not, is not the life for anybody. Some people probably have nowhere else to go. Other people probably just don't care, and this is you know good enough. But this is the, the idea that they're milking the system to live off the, you know the the teat of the state or the government uh, is kind of comical because that's look at their lives. I mean, just go over there; it's not great, not great by any means. In fact, I would say it's pretty awful. And some may be content with that, but that's because they don't have a house and they don't they don't have the ability or the options to get back on their feet. Tony's calling in. I think this is Tony, right? Yep. Hey, yep. Tony, go ahead. You're on the air, man. So five years ago when it was for sale, that uh, the the mandate of the sale of the Maple Grove was that they had to put a sprinkler system in it, and the guy that I talked to was going to buy it said it was 100000 just to put the sprinkler system in. So I think you might be on track with that with that estimate deal. Yeah. Hey, Tony, thanks. I, I just looked up and saw the clock. I appreciate your call, but I'm like, oh, man, we're, we're done with the show. We're out of time. Um, on Wednesday, I have the Salvation Army coming in studio, and we're going to talk about this situation. So uh, stay tuned for that. I, I got a show planned for tomorrow, but I forget who it is. I'm moving one hour at a time at this point. I uh, really appreciate you all texting in. I will answer those texts, but I had them all written down to, uh, to read them but didn't get to them. But uh, all right, tomorrow we'll be back.